I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. You take something that looks like a disadvantage and you turn it into an advantage. Stayallday.com. Stay exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreAllDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. Two questions I get asked the most. Number one, Dre, is there a way that I can talk to you on a regular basis for accountability to make sure I'm staying consistent and to get help with any challenges I may have ongoing? And number two, Dre, are you going to write any more books? Answer to both of those questions are yes and hell yes. Let me tell you how you can do both in one shot. I want you to go to workonyourgameuniversity.com where you have the option of getting my Bulletproof Bulletin, which is my monthly magazine that I'm sending out every single month to everyone who is a member of my university, where every month I'm writing new material that is fresh game for you to work on your personal growth and your business growth. I'm going to send that physically in your mailbox every single month. Again, that's called the Bulletproof Bulletin. That is for everybody who is a member of my university at workingyourgameuniversity.com. Now you have another option while you're right there on that page. You can also join my mastermind. This is where you can talk to me on a regular basis. I mean, every single week, you're going to get a live training from me. I answer all questions. We handle all challenges and hold each other accountable. That is inside of my Bulletproof Mastermind. It's the second level of my university where, as I just said, every week I have a live training where I'm going to teach on a subject that melds personal development and business development where we get straight to the point. No bullshit, no fluff, no filler material. I take the complex challenges that you're dealing with right now and I simplify them in a bite-sized way, just like I do here on the show every single day. Now, you can get all the information and all the details about both of these programs and all the bonuses that I didn't even mention because, by the way, I took all the courses that I've ever created. I have a course on how to use your social media story for maximum impact. I have a course called Bulletproof Mindset 2.0. That is my deepest material on mental toughness, discipline, leadership, and communication skills. I have a course called People Skills on building rapport and leading other people, as well as leading yourself and how you can get your point across to others. I have a course called Content Machine about creating content that will help you lay the foundation for building your brand the same way that I've done and that I continually do. I have a course called Toughen Up, one called Unapologetic. One called Sell Yourself. I have another course called 25 Hours about time management and time control. I have a 30 Days of Discipline course, an ASAP Confidence course, and a bunch of other courses. I'm not even going to list them all because this audio clip will be too long if I list everything. All of those bonuses I'm throwing in for free as you become a member of my university and of my mastermind. All the information, all your options, and you can get started right now by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com. Again, that is workonyourgameuniversity.com if 
UA. Want to know if I'm going to write anymore? Yes, I am. I'm going to write. As a matter of fact, every month, I'm going to send you a new copy of my magazine with fresh new material for you to keep your game focused, sharp, and on point. And B, you want to work with me directly. You want to be able to talk to me every week, get your questions answered, get your challenges handled, and network and build relationships and connect with a community of like-minded professionals who are serious about their game like you are. All of that happens in my Bulletproof Mastermind. All information, and you're going to get started by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com right now. You are now tuned in to the show where you learn discipline to show up day after day to do the work, confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve is yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. What is that, Dre? That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together to a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is how to have what we call disproportionate influence. You want to have more influence over yourself, over others, over, I don't know, a generation, whoever or whatever you want to influence. How can you have more influence than the average person. I would think that's something you might be interested in. I guessed that that would be. That is my theory. And I'm going to test it out by putting this episode out here today. So if that is you, keep listening. Now, before I get into that, first, let me tell everybody, I have a daily motivation text message that I send out every single day, free of charge. Everyone's in my text community. You want to be in it and get that message, just text me on my number. Number is 305-384-6894. Once you are in there, you'll be getting that message that'll keep you focused, sharp, and on point every day. The number again, 305-384-6894. Now, getting into this topic, I actually got this idea, disproportionate influence from uh, this book I was reading called The Blue Ocean Strategy, which some of you may have heard of. The book's been out for, I don't know how long ago it came out, but the concept of the blue ocean is a really, it's a very uh, poignant idea for anyone who's in the sales world, anyone who's in the marketing and sales world, because sometimes we get into fields where there are so many other competitors, people who are selling the same thing or maybe talking about a similar thing to us. And our challenge is trying to figure out how do we carve out space in such a way that we can kind of have that blue ocean, open blue waters instead of a red ocean, which is where there's blood in the water because all the fish are killing each other, fighting over the same food. So inside of this book, one of the concepts they talked about, not necessarily about building a blue ocean, was about a, a deeper subject within the book. If you haven't read the book, go get it and read it. Any book I mentioned on the show, you should go get it. But all salespeople need to read that book. But there are four points about this concept of disproportionate influence that I want to take and flesh out on how you can actually have that. Because I think everybody here would like to be a more influential individual. And let's just get a definition, first of all, before we even get into that, as to influence. What does it mean to actually have influence? And I'm pulling up the definition right now so that you all will have it. Definition of influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. And influence also can be the effect itself. Give another definition here, which is actually pretty good. The power to shape policy or ensure favorable treatment from someone, especially through status, contacts, or wealth. I actually like that definition too. So both of those are pretty good. Having an effect on something, the character development or behavior of someone or something is influenced. And if you want to be disproportionate in that, meaning having more of it than the average person does, here are the things that you do. We got one, two, three, four specific factors in doing this. Point 
Number one, topic once again is disproportionate influence. What factors or acts have a disproportionately positive influence on breaking the status quo? This is a really good question, which is why it's in this book, Blue Ocean Strategy, which I just told you to go get. So looking back on what we talked about in yesterday's episode, the data decides. And I told you in episode 2130, we talked about what business are you in? So knowing the outcome that you want to get to, this is why you got to know what business you're in, knowing the outcome you want to get to, when you look at a situation and you see that there's a status quo that is keeping you and everyone else from getting to the desired outcome, the first thing you have to do is not sell everybody on how you have this amazingly new, great idea. Ideally, that's the way the world will work, right? If all human beings were completely objective and completely dispassionate and we based everything on facts, data, and measurements, that's all you had to do is just tell people, look, this way is not getting us where we want to go, but this way, this new idea that I have will take us where we want to go. Let me tell you how. And everybody would say, damn, you're right. Let's go do it your way. But we all know any of you has ever worked with more than one other human being, then you all know that this is true, that it absolutely does not happen that way. So you got to sell people, first of all, on breaking away from the thing that they're already doing, because we all understand the law of inertia. People will keep doing what they're already doing. You got to break them away from what they're already doing and thinking and believing. Then in that vacuum that you have now created, then you can insert your new idea. But it doesn't happen as fast as I say it, because, again, you're dealing with human beings and people are unpredictable for the most part. So the question you have to ask yourself is what factor or action that you can take will have a disproportionately positive influence on breaking the status quo? In other words, I heard a guy named Russell Brunson talk about this in selling. You have to identify and break people's false beliefs. In other words, the ideas that they showed up with, that they've been carrying around in their heads for the last 20 years, you got to identify those and you have to address them. Don't act like they don't exist. Address and break those. Then after you break their old beliefs, then you can tell them about the new belief. But if you try to just come to somebody and throw your new belief in their face, they're going to reject it because they already have a belief. They got the old belief in their mind. Even though the old belief isn't working, this is just how human beings are. Has any of you ever been talking to someone and they are doing something a certain way? It is not working. They know that it is not working. And as soon as you try to give them a new idea, they immediately reject it, even though their way doesn't work. And you're looking at them like, do you understand that your way doesn't work? Isn't that the reason why we're having this conversation that your way doesn't work? I just gave you a better way and they still reject it anyway. Has any of you ever had that happen? Of course you have. We've all had it happen. And some of us are guilty of doing it ourselves simply because this is what human beings do. We are creatures of habit. We get into a certain mode of doing things, even when it doesn't work and we keep doing it. So if you want to have influence over another person, the first thing you got to do is identify what they're doing that isn't working and ask yourself, uh, what can help me break the old idea so I can at least have space to try to insert the new idea? Usually you're trying to break the status quo when again, you're bringing some new idea in that has not yet been accepted. So your biggest need is jumping that cognitive hurdle of getting people to admit that there's something that needs to be changed at all. People don't even think there's anything that needs to be changed, then they're not even going to do anything different. So for example, think of the bottled water industry. Those of you who are old enough, remember that there was a time when if you wanted some water to drink, you would just go to the kitchen sink, you would turn on the faucet and you would fill up a glass with that water and you would drink it. There was nothing you did to it. There was no filtering. There was no water in bottles or it, it existed, but it wasn't a big thing. And you would just drink that water and we were all perfectly fine and we were all living and breathing happy and fine and everything. Then all of a sudden, 
someone came along with this new idea that bottled water is bad for you. And how'd they do it? They didn't just immediately show up and say, hey, instead of getting your water, you no know, quote unquote, for free, technically not free, but getting your water free out of the sink and drinking it. They didn't just come in and say, hey, now just buy it from us for a dollar a bottle. They didn't do that. They started educating people, quote unquote, educating on why water out of the faucet is not as healthy as you thought it was. That why drinking water out of the faucet might lead to really negative outcomes for you in the long run of your life. And after enough of this education based marketing, educating you on why the status quo is wrong and bad and harmful. Now people are like, damn, I shouldn't drink water out of tap. Well, what should I do? Oh, just so happens that the same people who told you that have something to sell you, which is what we now know as the bottled water industry. How much money does the bottled water industry bring in every year? Billions with a B as in bottled every single year. Why? Because they educated people that their old way of doing things was wrong. Here's a new way that you need to do things, even though a lot of people drinking water out of plastic bottles and that plastic is actually more harmful to you than whatever could be possibly coming out of that faucet. But that's a different conversation for a different day until somebody comes along with an even better idea on how to break that status quo. But you see, this goes on over and over and over again. There's that. Then there's a new idea. Then there's a new one. Then there's a new one. And people just keep building on it. All of a sudden, we were given new information that something's wrong with the status quo. And now we have to change the status quo and do something different. Now, there are many people, many of you who are listening to this right now, you would never drink water straight out of the faucet and you can probably taste the difference. You will only drink water coming out of that plastic bottle, even though, again, you're drinking, you're ingesting the plastic, which is probably not that not much healthier than what you were getting out of the faucet. But what changed? A cognitive hurdle had been cleared that water out of the bottle is somehow better than water out of the faucet. Whether you agree with that or not is not the point. The whole concept here of clearing the cognitive hurdle of getting people to understand that the old way is wrong and we need a new way. That's what this is about. So in this case, the factors that had a disproportionately positive influence on breaking the status quo was changing people's mindset about what was acceptable and what was not acceptable when it came to what they drank. And first of all, you got to get rid of the old acceptable so you can bring in the new acceptable. Point number two, today's topic once again is how to have disproportionate influence. Maximum bang for your buck out of your resources. This is an important subject because many times when people get new ideas or they have something that they're trying to achieve, one of the roadblocks that many people have is that, well, I don't have all the resources. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough money. I don't have the information. I don't know the right people. I don't have the connections. I don't have the energy. So this is about being resourceful with the resources that you do have, which I talked about in episode 2089 how to be resourceful when you lack resources. This is an important point for anyone who is looking to make a breakthrough, but one of your roadblocks is you feel you don't have as many resources at your disposal as you would like. There's a rental car out there, rental car company called Avis. And you ever heard of Avis, A-V-I-S? For a long time, and I think to this very day, they still use this campaign. I don't know, but I know for a long time on TV commercials, they always they were unable to take over the number one spot in the car rental market. So for many years, their campaign slogan was simply, we try harder. They didn't say, hey, we're not number one, but we try harder. But it was assumed because everyone would talk about how I think it was Hertz that was number one. Hertz might still be number one in rental cars. Avis's slogan was, we try harder. Now, we're going to accept the fact that we're not number one. And because we're not number one, we're going to let the customers know we're going to try harder. We're going to work harder. We're going to serve you better. We're going to give you better service. And because of that, that's why you should come buy from us. That was their slogan. 
In other words, they were using their resourcefulness of or what can we do to replace their lack of resource because the resource would be if they were number one, their slogan would have been, hey, we're number one. But since they weren't number one, what did they do? They said, all right, we don't have that resource, but here's how we're going to be resourceful by trying harder. Now, who knows if they actually tried harder, but the idea of it is what matters. They took their seemingly disadvantageous position and used it as an offensive weapon. Did you catch what I just said? Let me say it again. Avis took their seemingly disadvantageous position and utilized it as an offensive weapon. This is the ultimate alchemy right there. You take something that looks like a disadvantage and you turn it into an advantage. Another example, 50 Cent. Talked about him in episode 316, Virtual Mentors. He did the same thing. He was making his comeback into rap music. He couldn't get a record deal, so he put his own music out on the street and encouraged the bootleggers to spread it far and wide. He didn't care if he even made money from his own music, which is the antithesis of what every other artist was doing at that time. So he was going one direction while everybody else was going the other way. He created a blue ocean for himself. This created a buzz and demand for him, and he parlayed that buzz into demand and demand into the very record deal that many people thought that he wouldn't be able to get because of where he was coming from, because of his background, because of the experiences that he had been through. He actually leveraged the very thing that people thought was a negative and he turned it into a positive. That is the ultimate alchemy, folks, being resourceful when you lack resources. And often the very thing that is causing you to not have resources is the exact advantage if you learn to look at it from the right angle, which is exactly what 50 did, is exactly what the water bottle and bottled water industry did. When you want to have influence, folks, you must use your available resources resourcefully and creatively, not sit around and wish that you have more resources, not complain that you don't have resources. Just be more creative with the resources that you do have. This is what winners do. Point number three. Today's topic, once again, is disproportionate influence. How can you be disproportionate in influence that you have regardless of what resources and what tools you have available? Number three. You must motivate the key players, whoever they happen to be, which we'll talk about, to move forward with change. If you want to move forward any group of people, whether you're talking all of humanity, such as the bottled water industry or the music industry, such as 50 Cent trying to get a record deal or you and your family or maybe you're playing for a sports team, maybe in a pod at your business. There's 20 people inside of that, that one area that you work in, that department. Who are the key players that you need to motivate to move forward? Because these are the people, these are the influencers. The influencers are the people who, if they accept an idea, all the other 100 people around will accept the idea. So you don't need to convince all 100 people in a room. You got to convince like four or five people in a room. You get them convinced and everybody else is going to follow their lead. This is how humanity works. Human beings, we are social creatures. We will form around a powerful, influential gravitational person, whoever that person is, people will form around them. If you can influence that person, everybody else will go and follow behind. That's just the way that it works. This is especially important in organizations and is also important if you're marketing or selling a product. Because if you're in marketing and selling a product, then getting a few people to buy into that product and like it, they have so much influence themselves that they will get everybody else to go do it. If you're in an organization, again, you might not be able to convince 100 people of your idea, you might not even have the time to do that, but if you can get four or five of those key people in the room to agree with your idea, they'll get everybody else to fall in line. That's the way that it works. So why do you think we call popular social media users influencers? Right, the reason why we call them influencers is because when they buy into something, the people who follow them 
will buy into it as well. Or at least that's the theory. That's the idea. It works the exact same way inside of an organization. You identify the influential people, get them on your side, and they will do the work for you to get everyone else on your side. So you don't have to work on everybody one by one. You just got to work on the people with the most influence, basically the people who can give you the highest leverage and they have the most leverage with the masses. Those are the people who you want to identify. This is why companies, when they want to advertise a product, they don't just go hire some random pretty face. A lot of times they don't. Sometimes they do, but many times they don't. What do many companies do? They go get a famous person to advertise their product, even if that famous person has no frame of reference, at least in the minds of the consumer, there's no frame of reference between this person and the thing that they're promoting, but they go get them to do it anyway. All right, Michael Jordan, back in the day, he used to do advertisements for hot dogs, underwear, T-shirts, batteries. Uh, what does any of that had to do with Michael Jordan, who the only thing we know about him is he played basketball? What does that have to do with anything? Anything that Michael Jordan does that we know of? Nothing. But because of his influential status and because he was so influential, so outwardly influential and disproportionately influential, he could sell stuff that had nothing to do with anything that we know him for. Now, some people, you might need to be a little bit closer in reference for it to make sense, but the idea is still the same. So even down here in, in Miami, I see Magic Johnson on the side of public transportation buses. Most of the time, he's on the side of those buses talking about some kind of health thing, health care or getting a shot and things like that. And that makes sense because Magic Johnson, the frame of reference for many people, is not him, the basketball player, because he stopped playing over 30 years ago. But it's because everybody knows he's a guy who got the HIV virus, but it's been 30 years. He's still alive. And most of the time you think of or see Magic Johnson, you only remember that he had it, right? He's not dead. So he is a good person to promote any type of health initiative or health project. So that is finding the key players that can move everybody else. And this can be on a micro level. Like again, office politics, finding that person who can move everybody else or on a macro level, like dealing with a celebrity who can get everybody else to follow behind for something. This is why companies hire famous people. You think of something like, give you another example, George Foreman, the George Foreman grill. Many of you never saw George Foreman box. I saw him box a few times. So by the time I was paying attention to boxing to where I would have seen George Foreman, he was already pretty old by that point. But George Foreman, the grill, more people know that name, George Foreman from the grill than you know him from boxing, right? That grill that he endorsed was out already before he started endorsing it. He did not, George Foreman did not invent the George Foreman grill. That grill already existed. And often people will buy that grill as a gift for their friends on the holidays. Like they couldn't think of, it's one of those gifts you buy people when you don't know what else to get them. You just give them this little 50, $60 grill and send it to them. That's what that product was for many, many years. Then the company, somebody got the bright idea. Why don't we get some famous person to endorse this product and let's start selling it via infomercial? Those are the two things that they did. So it's not George Foreman's name. It's not like he was that famous that he was just going to sell a whole bunch of grills. If they want to do that, they probably should have got like Michael Jordan. But they got George Foreman, who had a wholesome enough image, a soft, cuddly, wholesome enough image. And then they started selling it via infomercial. So instead of putting it on a shelf at Target next to 25 other grills where everything would be price compared, they put it on QVC in the home shopping network where you're not price comparing to anything. You're just going off of what they're saying and start selling it there. Those two strokes of genius made George Foreman, believe it or not, a lot of people don't notice, one of the top five athlete endorsers in terms of revenue by the late 90s, at least. I don't know what it is now. It might have changed since then. But by the late 90s and going into the early 2000s, actually not even the late 90s, going into the early 
part of this century. So let's say probably about 2015, George Foreman was one of the top five revenue earners of athletes when it came to endorsement money in all in history. In the history of athlete endorsements, he was in the top five. And it wasn't because of what he did as a boxer. Again, the, he stopped boxing in the 90s. It was all the money that he made just in royalties from putting his name and signature on that grill. And again, he did not invent the George Foreman grill. This is why politicians, another example, they get celebrities to endorse them when they're running for political office, because you and I both know most of us do not understand, let alone do we even care about or even know about a lot of the policies that politicians are arguing about when they do their debates or when they're running their campaigns. Most of us don't even know. We don't listen. We do not read. We just go off of who we like. And how do we decide who we like? Many times it's based off of very, very surface level, superficial shit. And one of them can be, or my favorite singer, or my favorite rapper, or my favorite athlete, or my favorite TV show entertainment person, they endorse politician X. So I'm going to vote for politician X. Does this happen? Absolutely, it happens. And this swings more of the vote than you probably think. Maybe more than you'd be comfortable even knowing or admitting. But this is why politicians go get a celebrity to endorse them when they're running for office. It's all about getting influence on your side. You also have the option by the way, of zigging when everyone else is zagging, going against the grain and ignoring key players under the premise that you are doing things differently than how everybody else does them. So this can work too, as long as you have the energy to keep it up. So instead of going and getting these celebrity endorsers and getting people with a lot of influence to follow you, you can say, or whether you say it explicitly or you imply it, look, I'm not going to go by the same playbook as everybody else. I'm going to do the exact opposite of what everybody else does because my whole thing is all based on I'm doing the opposite. I'm different from everybody else. Perfect example of this. 2016, Donald Trump, he went against the grain. He said, I'm going to do it different from how everybody else does it. And his whole thing was, we're not doing politics as usual. We're not doing the normal thing. We're going to do a different thing. And did that work? I would think so. Point number four. Today's topic, once again, is how to have disproportionate influence. Number four, you must knock down political roadblocks that trip up the execution of your strategy. In other words, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. Just because you have a great plan and strategy does not mean the rest of the world is going to lay down and get out of your way so you can execute it. Human beings are creatures of habit and understand that truth does not change no matter how successful a person is. Whatever is true is true. In other words, the homeless person living under the underpass of the highway is a creature of habit. And the president of the United States is also a creature of habit. As a matter of fact, the more successful a person or a group of people are, though that the less open they are to doing anything differently from how it's already been done. Let me say that one more time. The more successful a person is, the less open they are, generally speaking, to changing their behaviors and their habits and their routines. Why would somebody want to change what they're doing if what they're doing has been working for them for so long? I mean, a Fortune 500 CEO who's making $25 million a year, why would they want to change their habits? I mean, their habits got them to making $25 million a year. Would you change yours? So when you're in this situation of trying to change things and have influence, understand that the more successful the person is, the harder it's going to be to get them to want to do something different. People who have created success by doing things the old way, again, it only makes sense for them to keep doing it. Same thing, same way every time. Isn't that what Dre says? Yes. So when you're looking to have disproportionate influence over a situation, you got to look out for the fact that some people will not want to change because changing 
means they will lose the habits and routines that created success for them in the first place. And they have a reasonable reason to feel that way. So it is your job to figure out how to break that down. On a TV show, The Prophet, any of you ever seen it? If you haven't, you should watch it. And it's not profit like biblical profit. This is profit like money, P-R-O-F-I-T. Business owners will agree to have the host of the show is a guy named Marcus Lamonis. Well, he's the, the main character of the show. He's a guy who will find his business. He will identify a business that reached out to him that was in financial trouble. They're about to go out of business, basically. He comes in, assesses the business, decides that he can fix it, and he writes them a check, first of all, to pay their debts and they'll save them from the problems that they're having in business. And then secondly, to fix up the business so that it can actually start making money again. And when Marcus Lamonis buys into people's business to help them change, here's what happens almost every time. As soon as he starts implementing real changes to these failing businesses, he gets pushed back. And you would think it's crazy, right? Because even if you've never seen the show before, what I just explained to you, he only comes in to help businesses that are struggling and failing and about to go out of business. Those are the only businesses he helps. He's not helping businesses that are, that are thriving and doing great. He's helping failing businesses and failing business owners. So he comes in and he helps. He starts implementing change, which would make sense, right? Because your business is failing. So clearly you need to do something different. But as soon as he starts implementing the change, the business owners will start pushing back against him and say, I don't want to make that change. I don't like that change. It's happening too fast. These are the kind of things that people say on the show. Go watch the show and you'll see this happening. And it's really crazy because, well, mofo, your business was failing. We should want to change things. It should happen fast because if it doesn't happen fast, you're going to go out of business. But they don't want to change anyway. So it's not only successful people that don't like changing. Sometimes unsuccessful people don't like changing because human beings are creatures of habit. And it's not because Marcus's plans were not good plans. At least any plan would be better than the plan that got them to the brink of bankruptcy, right? It was because the people who have been running that business for 10 years or five years, they were stuck in their ways, stuck in their habits, and they did not necessarily want to change, even though change was exactly what they already knew they needed. Because again, the only kind of businesses that appear on this show are businesses who reached out to the producers of the show and said, we need help. So it's not like they didn't know they needed help. It's not like he's cold calling and walking into a business and saying, hey, we're going to change it up. These are businesses who know they need help, asked for the help, and as soon as they start getting the help, they start pushing back against it. This is what human beings do. We are funny creatures in this way. So when you're trying to have influence and change things, understand that the entire scale of success from the complete failures to the, the high level winners all will be not so open necessarily to change, even though that may be the exact thing that they need. So with all that said, let's recap today's class, which is on disproportionate influence. I got this concept again from reading this book called The Blue Ocean Strategy. If you haven't read it yet, you should absolutely get it. Any book that I mentioned on the show, including my own, you should go get. Point number one, what factors have a disproportionately positive influence on breaking the status quo? Understand that if you want to get people to do something different from what they're already doing, the first thing you must do is not sell them on the greatness of your idea and your brilliance. First, you got to break down what they already believe, the current idea. And you have to get them to understand that their current way of doing things isn't as good as it could be. So they're going to need something different. Until you do that, you can't even insert your new idea. Just like the bottled water industry that got everybody to believe tap water was bad. That's when they could tell people about bottled water. But until they broke down the old idea, they couldn't sell the new idea. Point number two, maximum bang out of your resources. You got to be resourceful when you act resources. Just like the rental car company Avis. We don't, we're not number one. So we try hard. 50 cent. All right, they said I can't get back in the industry because I got shot. So he started leveraging the fact that he wasn't in the industry and that he got shot. And that's how he actually rebuilt his career. Point number three, 
motivating key players to move forward with new chains. This means having influence. This is why they call popular people on social media influencers, because if that person moves, everybody else will be willing to move. You got to find who those key players are. This is why companies hire famous people to advertise, why politicians get celebrities to endorse. This is why the George Foreman grill was just the grill. And so they added George Foreman, they put it on QVC, and all of a sudden it started taking off because they found an influential person and a way to make that person's influence be amplified by isolating them from everybody else. And there's also a way that you can go against the grain with this and use it to your advantage, a la Donald Trump 2016 presidential campaign. Number four, knocking down political roadblocks to trip up strategies. Human beings are creatures of habit. So even though a person may be wildly successful, they may not be open so much to change because they're already successful. Why change? And a person who is wildly failing, they may not be open to change because, hey, why change? I'm used to doing things this way. Even though doing things this way isn't working, people will push back against it. Why? Because human beings are completely unpredictable and funny in this way. Might be funny to you, might not be so funny to you had to deal with them in these situations. But you know what I mean. With all that said, two things I want to tell you. Number one, get my daily motivation text every single day, free of charge, straight to your phone, guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp and on point. My number 305-384-6894. And number two, when you are ready to go to the next level with me, and I think you're ready by now, you've been listening to this show, join me in my Bulletproof Mastermind. That is my group program that we meet every single weekend. I do a live two-hour training plus Q&A plus open discussion where we handle everybody's challenges, network, introduce each other to each other, find out what's happening in each other's business, have hot seats, hold each other accountable. That is every single week in my Bulletproof Mastermind. You must be a member to hop on those calls. I do a training, then we do the Q&A, then we do the discussion, hot seats, and all of that stuff. You can join by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com. Three things you're going to get in my mastermind. Number one, I'm going to take the complex and I'm going to make it simple. Number two, there is no BS and no fluff. And number three, I meld personal growth and business development into one conversation. That is a skill of mine on top of the fact that I take the complex and make it simple on top of the fact that there's no bullshit, and no fluff. All of that's happening in my mastermind. You can join again by going to workonyourgameuniversity.com. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text to send a quick text right now to say hello to this number 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894.